0: Hi, hello and welcome to K Out and About, the podcast about my random travel occurrences. This is Season 1, Episode 12, The Road Trips. Now, I will focus mainly um, on stories in and around the canyon, as the only road trip I have taken in Wendover was a ride in a limo to Salt Lake City and back. the music of Mana. So on with the adventures. For a road trip you need a car obviously and the nearest town to get a car rental was Flagstaff, about an hour and a half drive. So when it was needed to rent a car one of us would have to um, get a ride with someone going that direction. Someone always would and sometimes we would just have a day away at Lake Powell, sometimes a whole weekend. I think one time we had uh, three days because we called in sick and we kind of stayed on the road trip. I'll get back to that in a sec. So there were many road trips, but there are three that I remember most. The first one was to see other national parks and I actually haven't heard of them before, uh, Zion and Bryce, and the trip was with Ivana Miko in Cuba. I think um, it was, apart from obviously the Grand Canyon, one of the first times I had appreciation for geology because you kind of see up close and personal, you know, the nature at work there. Uh, both places jaw-dropping landscapes. Um, I wouldn't know which one to recommend to you first. Like I, I would say see them both. With Bryce, you have the most amazing rock formations. Don't ask me for the kind of rock. There's like sort they're like yellowy reddish. Um, and I don't know what created them. Whatever it was, it left amazing piece of nature for us to admire. Zion, on the other hand, it seems much bigger. You're kind of placed in front of grandeur, like the size of the mountains surrounding the valley. It looks a little bit like they're huge boulders dropped um in the desert. Um, The best place to get an awesome view is to do a little climb. Uh, By little, I mean, I don't remember it. So it must have been less than probably less than three hours. Oh, and uh, there are beautiful ponds like Water Pockets. I'm not sure what to call them, but um, you can go for a little dip in there. And I will put some pics from Bryce and Zion um, on Instagram I just need to blur the faces of people on the pictures because obviously we don't keep in touch and I don't have their permission to post them, so I'd rather be fair and blur them just in case. Now, because we were basically poor students, our sleeping arrangements consisted of trying to meet other people on the work and travel program and asking them if we can sleep on the floor in their quarters or even if we needed to get a room in a hotel or a motel, Two of us would arrange it at the reception—a simple double room. And in the States, the hotel rooms are so big; four or five of us like would sleep there like queens and kings, like no problem at all. The second trip we took—that um, was the uh, the one when we, the longer one, the three days when we called in sick. Apart from Ivana, it was a different group of people. Uh, there was Martin, Ash, and Randy poor guy, he had to deal with a lot of Polish shit, uh, apart from the language, including the music of Bratanki blasting through the loudspeakers. Um, That trip was also a little bit of a different kind. Apart from sightseeing, there was also a lot of partying involved and um, also some supermarket cart races on a parking lot. And this time I already had the camera, so I remember a little bit more. Those recordings are not missing. To the embarrassment of many, uh, mainly me, but others as well. Um, First, we went down uh, towards Petrified Forest via a small town, which name I don't remember. Um, We're in a small diner. I saw my first jukebox, Uh, not something we have in Europe. So I was very excited because I only saw them in in movies. By coincidence, once um, uh, we left the the diner, uh, we were driving by something called the Meteor Crater. We got curious. It turned out, as advertised, it was a crater that was created by a meteor. We didn't go beyond the visitor center as we didn't have much time, but I gotta tell you, that crater is impressive. Um, Huge, and apparently it's the only crater that has been preserved so well, like in a pristine state. Uh, might be because of where it is, like in the middle of um, of a desert. So there there wasn't really much at uh, work there. Um, and get this, when Google Earth uh, launched, like anyone remembers Google Earth when it was still like a separate program? Well, the meteor crater was one of the first places I looked for. And just check it out for yourself. It's impressive. Next, um, of course, was the Petrified Forest. Um, Nothing like what I expected. I thought I'll see a forest, you know, silly me. I haven't really read anything before that trip, and I think it was Martin who was planning most of our sightseeing. So me, expecting trees, loads of trees, mainly standing ones. What I saw was a desert with some weird things lying around. Those were the petrified trees. I can't describe exactly how the process works uh, or worked Basically, they are very old trees that, instead of decaying, were petrified. Once they were covered by a layer of sediment, like it could have been lava, and the organic matter got substituted by silica. And this is a very simplified explanation I found online. Might be geologically not entirely accurate, but, you know, fingers crossed. Basically, what we saw were tree fossils. The the weirdest thing was actually how they felt when we touched them. It was a stone, like something that looks like a tree felt like a stone. Then um, we drove to the Painted Desert. Uh, Painted Desert is, I think, basically part of the Petrified uh, Forest uh, National Park or Reserve. I, I don't remember what it was exactly. Um, that was also an incredible view. Um, it felt like all the colors of the rainbow just decided to drop on the rocks uh, red, of course, was the dominant one, and you could see all these sediment layers so perfectly, and again, I'm guessing a paradise for geologists. Another very geologically interesting landmark on the way was the Antelope Canyon. Now, we kind of messed it up. Uh, we did have a plan to get there around noon, because you're supposed to visit the place uh, when the sun is at its highest because of the perfect light. Now... We got there around five, like quarter to five, just before they were closing. And um, we, we did oversleep, and then we had problems with the car, blah, blah, blah. It was a miracle that actually let us in at all. So um, I have some pics and a recording uh, with totally wrong light, but it was still beautiful regardless. Um, this is also a place where, um, it was the first time I heard of it, um, the flash floods. And that this place is actually a little bit dangerous. Now, what are flash floods? Basically, if there is too much rain in in a given time and the rivers are sort of not dealing with it or there's just no space for the water to go, it goes through the canyon. I mean, the canyon was created by water um, in the end of the day. Um, And it just goes very quickly, like within minutes, it's just and it just swept uh, everything on its way. Now, Antelope Canyon is not just a straight canyon. Like, the, the path, it just twirls. Um, it's like a labyrinth. So, if the water catches you off your feet, like, you're bound to hit a rock, drown, like, you're dead. And there were some recorded deaths, so they're very careful. Like, um, they usually check the weather, you know, when, before tourists go in. Now, next on Martin's sightseeing list was the Navajo National Monument. Now, that was a place like I've never seen before, although we didn't get to see a lot of it. um, We saw the most unique thing, um, I think, for the American continent, um, the northern American continent, um, some ancient ruins. Well, for the last few centuries, the land belonged to the Navajo, or should I rather say for some of that time, as of course it was taken away from them by the Americans. Now it's back in the hand of the Navajos and it's a reserve. So apart from the Navajo, or rather before the Navajos, there were some ancient tribes living there in, I'm going to say prehistoric times, but I'm not sure how accurate or inaccurate that is. And you can see the ruins from afar. I don't think you're actually allowed uh, near them. And it looks amazing. It looks like it's like a a sort of amphitheater hole in a cliff. And inside it, um, you can see the ruins of uh, houses. Um, and it's perfectly, you know, you can imagine it was a perfect place because you're protected from the elements and you're protected from whatever um, enemies. And of course, for the United States, when you think about it, you, United States and Canada are sort of new countries. So the fact that you actually can see something ancient is just amazing. Now, the last sightseeing experience was another unforgettable view, the Monument Valley. I must say, thinking back, uh, we kind of just went and saw these things. We didn't really explore them, like as you can see from what I've been telling you. On the other hand, I mean, we only had a few days. We were all 20 to 23 years old, and I think it was maybe a bit overwhelming to us. All these amazing sites and so many of them, if we spent half day in each one of them, we would have needed a whole week, and not just a few days. So I have seen the Monument Valley, got some amazing pics, but I haven't really explored it. Now, on this trip, uh, we were mainly camping at Lake Powell on the beach. It was fantastic. One practical tip though, don't set up your tent in the dark uh, when you're a little bit tipsy already. I mean, it was a miracle the tent was still standing the next day. Um, we, of course, had a bonfire, loads of alcohol, um, the water in the lake was amazing, and so was the hangover the next morning. I remember hearing my voice on the recording, and, oh lord, I sounded like a middle-aged alcoholic with a large emotional baggage. So pretty much what I am right now. Just joking. Um, it was, in fact, such a good holiday, although we constantly like fought over the front passenger seat and who's supposed to drive? that we decided to call in sick. That was the trip, all of us. Luckily, we worked. each one of us worked for a different department, so we didn't cause too much trouble uh, because of that. And we actually get to see the Monument Valley um, and the Navajo National Monument because we did have that um, the third day. Now, the last trip I'll tell you about was, let's say, a bit more exhausting. Randy and I decided to hike down the canyon, uh, camp at the Phantom Ranch, and come back up the next day. Very optimistic. It turned out that you cannot just camp on the ranch, you have to book in advance. Now, about a year in advance. Well, we decided to hike anyway. By the way, I should mention that camping anywhere outside of the designated areas, like the ranch, um, in national parks is illegal. And you can pay a huge fine. So we started our hike very optimistically. Uh, We didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. At least I didn't. First of all, with all the breaks and snacks for chilling, um, and I actually mean chilling. like um, Randy is a Latin guy, so it was like, oh, look, what a beautiful view. Let's just sit down and admire it for a little bit. So, yeah, we didn 't even get to the Phantom Ranch that day. We decided to set up a tent in the middle of nowhere, a bit away from the trail, so uh, you know the hopefully people wouldn 't see us. Um, we were planning to just sleep, uh, get up early, and take the tent down uh, you know before anybody could catch us i don 't think I have to tell you how amazing the sky looked like at night. It was spectacular, I mean. I've got no other words to to describe it. Um, If you ever slept under the sky and you were far away from any light pollution, you know what I'm talking about. Only once more in my life I saw a sky like that, and that was in the Atacama Desert. So, yeah, unforgettable. Now... The next day before lunch, we finally got to the ranch and unfortunately we got uh, distracted again. There was a perfect uh, creek for a little swim and a nice picnic place, blah, blah, blah. Without thinking that we have to make the hike back in record time as we were both working the following day. Oh, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, We went down the South Kaibab Trail, which is a little bit on the side, and we were planning to come up on the Bright Angel Trail because it was right in the center of the village and close to uh, where we were living. And the the Bright Angel Trail is fucking steep towards the end uh, when you're coming back up. And I wanted to strangle Randy for the last two hours of the trail. I don't remember why. I just know I really wanted to. I think, I don't know, it was maybe 3 a.m. It was cold and you could see it like you can see the buildings at the top. But around every fucking corner, you realize that you're still so far away. Working the next day was no fun at all. Now, um, although it's not a road trip, I do have to uh, mention my journey back home. Um, it was one of those times in my life when I thought, I must be fucking lucky. Basically, my flight was in and out of JFK, New York. But I was in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. And I must say, my brain wasn't in it. I had the time of my life at the canyon. I wasn't focusing precisely on going home. I did call some airlines to inquire about flights between Vegas and New York, but they were all around $1,000, like That was all my money. So I didn't book anything. Well, right. And a few days before my flight, I even took another road trip with Randy to see the Havasu Falls. And thinking back, I think I wanted to strangle him on that hike as well. Of course, on on the way back. Um, It's not the best prognosis for a relationship, uh, as it turned out. As usual, the trip took much longer than predicted. It all ended up with me frantically packing, trying to find someone to give me a lift to Tusayan from where I could take the bloody tour plane back to Vegas. Um, I arrived at Vegas at the airport around 9pm and the next day was my flight back to Europe from JFK. There was no other way but to fly. I mean, no bus, no train wouldn't make it on time. And my brilliant idea was to go from one counter to another, asking for a ticket, you know, the prices. Dragging all my luggage behind me. By dragging, I mean, I bought so much shit, I actually had to get a sort of a massive duffel bag. By massive, I mean, I could fit in it. Of course I couldn't lift it, so I was, uh, you know, having my backpack on my back and then dragging the duffel bag behind me. About 40, 45 minutes maybe into that... I was about to give up when suddenly a lady at one of the counters told me she has a student discount and offer and the flight to JFK would be about $200. I almost cried. Uh, The journey itself was actually a little bit bizarre. Like Vegas airport was uh, surreal. Like there were slot machines everywhere. And the security checks. Oh my God. Does anyone remember traveling before 2001? Um, I was coming back home. October 2001 so yes security was on high alert they were checking everything and they were checking all the bags in front of everybody and because I was packing last minute there was a bag a massive bag in my backpack's pocket um, of dirty underwear and socks and yes the security person whoever it was thank god they had like protective gloves They actually opened it and looked at me like, what is this? I'm like, yes, sorry. Really embarrassed, you know, because everybody could see it. Now, uh, once I got to JFK, I got lost for a few hours uh, somewhere on the long term parking, you know, one of those. I did have loads of hours to kill, so it wasn't a problem, you know, part of an adventure. Also, I made one of the vendors question my sanity, because I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't want to spend too much at the airport in general, but, you know, I needed to eat. So I bought some food and, of course, a tea. Now, you can get a lot of cups from one tea bag, and I stretched it to the limit that day. I think it might have been the eighth time I went to the vendor and asked him for boiled water, because, of course, they don't charge you for that. So... When I went to him and asked for it for the eighth time, he actually started asking me like, um, "Where was I from? Where was I going? Was I okay?" Now I do have to admit, I did look like shit as well. I haven't slept properly in days. Um, I was wearing the worst clothes possible. Um, actually, till this day, I use this trick. I often travel dressed like a poor student, less attention in some exotic countries. So I was literally, I looked miserable. <laughs> So he got, he got a little bit worried. Um, now, th- that's it for today. Um, there are, of course, m- more road trips. However, I don't remember them that well. Um, there was one time, actually, when the guys rented a fancy sports car. And let me drive it really fast. And there was a squirrel in the middle of the road. Now, I kept my cool. And I was sure the squirrel was right in between the tires, so all good. But the guys branded me with a nickname, uh, the Squirrel Killer, and came up with a background story of a whole family of starving squirrels because their father never came home. (sighs) Outrageous. Anywho, I mentioned Instagram. It would be good if I told you my handle for those of you not following me yet. It's all lowercase, all one word, at K out and about. The next episode will be actually it will be shorter and for the first time I will give you some practical tips about visiting the wonder that is the Grand Canyon. Thanks for listening and until next time.